Welcome back to Defeat the Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller. I'm here with C.J. Jones. And we're going to be talking about whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to talk about. I know he gave me a little bit about the walls of Jericho. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit. But wherever the Lord leads, we're, we're open to it. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, how's it going? You know, the Lord is good. Amen. The Lord is good. And I'm seeing, and I know you are too, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yes. I'm seeing some goodness. And it's it's about to get gooder and gooder. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> I um, I was telling you before the podcast started about the the platform that we're both on. And somebody had said, you know, is anyone feeling anxious? And then she said, no, I mean excited. Is there anybody feeling excited? There's something in the ear. It's like I feel like we're on the verge of something. And my response was, I think you're you're sensing what I've been sensing, which is we're on the verge of a major breakthrough. Right. I mean, it's definitely Lord what is, it feels like. It definitely does. And um, I know that the, you know, the, the prophetic words we've been listening to indicate that, but I've been sensing this for quite some time. As a matter of fact, I have family members that I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago that I felt like we were on the verge of a breakthrough. And this family member said, well, you've been like that for months. I said, I know I have, but I, it's, it's like it's every day it's more imminent. Right. And I can't, there's not a way to measure it, but I can, it feels more imminent. It's like, okay, I, I, I have an example. We've both been pregnant. We yeah. both have children. Uh-huh. And you know, when you're told you're pregnant, most, most of the time women don't show when they, when they know they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. There's no indication in the net, you know, to anyone else that you're pregnant, but mm-hmm. you know, you're pregnant and you don't feel the baby at that point, but you know, you're pregnant. And eventually yeah. that baby's going to come full term and, and you're going to get birth. As the, as the months progress, your body begins to change and then other people know that you're pregnant. It doesn't change the fact that that baby's coming. It just means that more people are aware that that baby is coming. Right. And then with most first babies anyway, was, was, was Cameron late? Yes. Okay. Most first babies are. Brian was late too. And most first babies are. And Brian was so was was so late that he had a full he was born with a full beard. Really? Uh-huh. It dropped huh. off his it dropped off his I was shocked because I didn't know babies could be born like that. And they said it's because he's past due. Wow. But at the full beard left, it was less than 48 hours and that all that hair, facial hair had fallen off. But it was a shock because I wasn't expecting a full beard on the, on the brand <laughs> a newborn. Yeah. But the closer it got, it was imminent. That birth was imminent. And that's how I feel with this breakthrough that I keep sensing in my spirit. And so the major breakthrough, I said, this is going to be like, the, as dramatic as the parting of the Red Sea or the, the walls of Jericho falling down. Right. And she came back and said, yeah, no, I think that that sounds about, that sounds like what I feel. So I wanted to touch on the, on the, the, the story of Jericho. If, if someone is new to, to the Bible or doesn't remember where it is, it's in Joshua six. And these people, I will remind you that these people were the people that were, 
still alive after the 40 years in the wilderness. Those people in, that were wandering the wilderness for 40 years in the natural, if they had not been rebellious, they could have been across that wasteland in 10 days. But because they were rebellious, the Lord didn't allow them to go into the, into the promised land. Mm -hmm. They were so rebellious that when it came time to circumcise their boys, they did the eighth day, they didn't do it. So before they could go into the promised land, after the 40 years when that generation had completely died off, anybody uh, 20 years old and older had to go. So all those younger ones had never been circumcised. They had to circumcise all of them. Yeah. Because it was a covenant connection with God. And that was the, the outward sign of that covenant connection. So here are these people that have been in the wilderness. They've not known anything else because they were all under 20 when this, when they were told they were going to stay there until that, you know, until that generation died off, that rebellious generation died off. They had not known anything other than wilderness. Their parents had known being slaves and then wilderness. And maybe some of the older ones had known freedom, but I don't think so because it was 430 years, right? So they wouldn't have known freedom. They would have mm -hmm. known only slavery. But these, right. the younger ones, they had not known anything but wilderness. And so when they went to Jericho, the Lord gave them very specific instructions. Do you remember how that went? Mm, not off the top of. Yeah, because there was a lot of there was a lot of instruction, and the first they were told to circle the the. Now I was historically the walls of Jericho were were so thick that they could have four or five chariots side by side to go around the top of those walls. That's how big, how thick those walls were. It wasn't like putting up a piece of sheetrock. It wasn't like that. It was, yeah. they were huge. Yeah. They were enormous. In the natural, did it look like they could defeat Jericho? Oh, no, it didn't. Because the walls were impenetrable. Right. But the thing of it is, is when they got to that area, they started hearing rumors that, I think it was Rahab. I'm not going to go through the, the whole, you know, the detail of this, but I believe it was Rahab that said, all of my people are afraid of you. We've heard what God did for you. And we're, we, they're all afraid of you. So Jericho was all locked up because they were afraid of these, of Joshua and the, and the people that were coming Jericho. And the Lord said, walk around the city once. Don't say anything. Don't make any sound. Just walk around and then leave. And they did this for six days in silence. Now, if you're one yeah. of the people that lived in Jericho and you're afraid of these people and they're not doing anything overt, they're just walking around the city, the entire city, outside the walls, not saying a word, and they leave until the next day and they come back and do the same thing again. I don't know about you, but I'd be going, okay, these people are, these people, you know, we're all afraid of them and we know they're dangerous, but mm -hmm. they're not doing anything. Right. 
So by the seventh day, they're probably thinking, okay, they're going to walk around one more time and leave. But on that seventh day, the Lord said, walk seven times around. And on the seventh time, when you get done with the seventh turn, you know, round, then shout and blast the trumpets. Right. Now, I don't know about you, but inquiring minds want to know if I was living <laughs> in Jericho and I saw them go around a couple of days or heard that they went around once a day, I would start looking out my window. Yeah, probably. Right? Uh -huh. Are they going to come today? Oh, here they are again. What are they going to do this time? Yeah. And can you imagine being one of those people in the, in the wall looking out your window? Because the, all their houses were in the wall itself looking out your window and seeing them go around seven times and then hear the trumpets blast and the, and the shouting. It would, it, it would draw some attention. Uh-huh. <laughs> and remember Rahab wanted, she wanted, she was, she hid a couple of the spies. Right. And she asked that she and her family would be protected. So they told her to put a red cord in the window. So, Reminiscent, I think, of the of the blood that was put on the on the doorposts in the Passover. Mm -hmm. And her part of the war, her part of the wall where she, her family lived, she took all her family members in with her. And when when that whole city, the, all the wall fell, it fell except for where she was. Right. Just like with the parting of the Red Sea. Who got drowned in the, when the when the Red Sea was par, um, parted? The 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 ones that were chasing uh, right God's people, right? Because they saw the walls of, of water on each side and figured, okay, well they went through the walls, we're going through too, right? Except when they went when as soon as the the Israelites were through, God caused the water to go back where it belonged, and they were mm -hmm. all drowned. Yep. And I think about Psalm 91 a lot because I, I pray it every day over my family and my friends like you. A thousand will fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it'll not come near me. It's amazing. Isn't that what happened to Rahab? Yeah. Isn't that what happened to the Hebrews? Yep. It's about ready to happen again. Oh, you're definitely right about that. It's coming. <laughs> because when, if I've learned nothing else from this series that Charles Capps has been doing about, or had been doing, it's a rerun because he's gone to heaven. But he's been doing that prophetic profile about the rapture and the, and the end times. Everything is, the way, what, the way the Lord had him teach that was to go back to the Old Testament and see the, the portrait of what's happening in the future in the Old Testament. And obviously, you know, for me, I'd never realized until he taught that way that the Old Testament is a prophetic a picture. It's a profile of what's going to happen in the future. Right. And I didn't connect that until I heard that teaching. So now when I read the Old Testament, I'm seeing, you know, parallels with today. That's right, definitely. Quite a few. 
quite a few more and more all the time because things are right. starting to take place a lot faster. Time is sped up. Yeah. And things are taking place a lot faster. You know, and the book the um in Matthew, I think it is says as of the day as like as in the days of Moah Noah, so it'll be in the in you know, in these in the last days. Mm-hmm. Well we're seeing the same kind of the same kind of sin and the same kind of irreverence, the same kind of mocking, the same kind of evil that was in the days of Noah. And the only people that survived that was Noah and his family. That was it. Right. <laughs> I would not want to be one of those people realizing he, he had told the truth for a hundred years. He preached righteousness, what the Bible says. He was a preacher of righteousness for a hundred years, telling people the rain's coming. And yeah. they all laughed. Because up until well, they, that point, Yeah, they did. You know. Go ahead. ahead. Well, I was, just, uh, I was just thinking that, you know, it's kind of in the same place that we are right now because, you know, we're, we're seeing, we're being told constantly things are going to happen, things are going to happen, and, and nobody sees it yet. Right. And, you know, it's causing people to, a lot of people to doubt mm-hmm. that, that those away. things... And work yeah work away we're seeing a lot of that and you know people are just getting to the point where they're they're tired and frustrated but it's Mm -hmm. for me it's it's the ones who you know are mocking those who who do believe and who know that it's coming right so we're we're seeing the same you're you're right it's a parallel from from today to to noah's day the same thing And those that have been doing evil are so sure that they can continue doing what they've been doing. Mm -hmm. Just like I'm sure the people when they realize in Noah's day, when they realize that, oh, my God, there really isn't. Because up until that time, water had come up from the earth at night and watered the plants. There was nothing ever come from the sky down. Uh Uh-huh. So there was like, that's not going to happen. That never has happened. Why would it happen now? I can't even I can't even fathom the terror that would be in someone's heart to realize, oh my goodness, everything's flooding. This has never happened before. Let me in, let me in. It's too late. The boat's already already floating away. That's right. I mean, isn't fact to the extent that <laughs> back then Noah was pretty much considered a conspiracy theorist and yeah you know today we've got the same people who are who are speaking the truth and of course we're all labeled conspiracy theorists yeah but I'm watching those and conspiracies come to pass <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the thing, but they're they're happening in front of people. It's not not really a conspiracy theory; it's a conspiracy truth. And I don't even like right. to to use the word conspiracy anymore. Right? It's just it's happening. It's happening, people. <laughs> it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know whether you're awake, or not, 
Yeah, it doesn't yeah, change. See, this is what people don't understand. I, I talk to people on a daily basis that don't know the Lord and they don't, they think it's all a bunch of baloney. They don't yeah. want to hear it. Right. And I find myself saying to people, spiritual law is spiritual law. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you believe that when you plant corn, you're going to get corn or not. Mm-hmm. You can believe that you can plant corn and get and get donuts. You can do that if you want. But no matter how many times you plant, you know, corn and, and expect donuts, it's not going to come up donuts. Right. There are some things that are just, they're truth. Like you said, they're truth. And I put in my, one of my posts last few days, spiritual law is finite. It's not infinite. That's true. Right. And, and what it says is what it says. You can believe it or not believe it. That is totally your choice. But if you don't, if you don't believe it, it's still going to work. Right. I mean, we, we've seen that for more well, since the beginning of time. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or non-believer or whatever. You know, we're, we are all subject to the same spiritual laws. Right. So right. It, regardless of whether you or don't believe the things are happening, you know, it's going to happen regardless. Exactly. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a scripture and that's a natural law that the rain is going to fall on both. But the spiritual, is, is it, see, what people fail to understand, and I wish I could, I wish I could express what's in my heart sometimes with people because the reason my books were written is so that people can understand how the enemy works. Yeah. If you understand how something works, then you have the ability to stop that evil from taking place. Mm -hmm. If you, if you're, if a person is deceived and they don't understand what the deception is or how it took place, they're going to continue being deceived. Yeah. And there's a, the, the deception or the, like we talk, we have talked about the people that just don't want to hear it. You know, leave me in my bubble. That doesn't right. change the fact that things are the way they are. Oh, no, it doesn't. It's like we've been it's saying, just, it's just truth. You just... You can't change the truth. Right. Doesn't matter it's if you believe it or not. Yeah. Right. Well, that, you know, the scripture in Romans, let God be true and every man a liar. Uh-huh. Isn't that, isn't that the way it is now? It is. I'm turning to it. It's in Romans 3. Romans. Romans 3, starting at verse 3. For what if some did not believe, shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, yes, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that you might be justified in your sayings and might overcome when you are judged. Can you read it in yours? yours? I think yours may be a little more clear. Three and four. Yes, please. Okay. So, 
were unfaithful for just because they were unfaithful. I mean, God will be unfaithful? Of course not. Even if you are, God is true. As the scriptures say about him, you will be proved right in what you say, and you will win your case in court. See, and it's all legal. There's people, yeah. I wish I could, I could put into people's hearts. It's all done legally by spiritual law. Right. And, and Satan does his best to pervert that law, that spiritual law, so that you will work that law backwards. And if you work that law backwards, it won't work for you. Right. Because he wants God to be a liar. He does. But it's just, you know, God just, it's never going to happen. And that's what people understand. God has never lied about anything. Right. Throughout the, the people go throughout the Bible. He contradicted himself here. He contradicted himself here, you know, and trying to prove that God is a liar. And ultimately what they end up proving is that, that the Bible is true. And, you know, we are all subject to what we've been talking about. So, but it, it right. all depends on, you know, like you said, how you work it. Are you going to, are you going to uh, speak it the way it's supposed to be spoken? Or are you going to speak against it? Whatever it is. Right. You know. So it makes, it makes a difference. It does make a difference. I mean, I was trying to think of a natural example. And the only thing I can come up with is somebody has a zipper on the back of their, their outfit, say in the back of a dress. Mm -hmm. If I want that zipper closed, I can't pull it down. Right. The zipper isn't broken, but if I want it closed, I can't pull it down. Uh -huh. I have to pull it up. Right. It's the only way it's going to close. Right. Now, if I want it open, I have to, I can't pull it up. I have to pull it down. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a stupid example. I mean, if you think of somebody that says, oh, my, I can't get my dress to close and I keep pulling down on the zipper, you're going to think they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something, there's something wrong with them, right? Yeah. But that's what people do with spiritual law. I don't like the way it works. I don't like that I have to speak the word of God to change things. Right. I don't like that I have to, what, I have to go back to watching my words again? Well, you never should have stopped. Yeah. <laughs> if you're saying I have to watch my words, do I have to watch my words again? It tells me you walked away from it. Yeah. And while you did, you lost ground. That will happen. Mm-hmm. And Satan will, will, is more than happy to, to encourage you to do that. Right. Because it, 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 it puts a halt to everything. It does. You know, everything that, all the progress that you've made up to that point, completely halted. And sometimes you've got to start over at the beginning. Start all over again. Yeah, because there is no such thing as a static... Um, stance when it comes to faith right you're either moving forward or you're going backward there is no static position good point 
And, and the enemy's not going to help you move forward. He's going to fight you tooth and nail. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we're seeing now in the natural. People don't understand what they're seeing. Right. They're seeing the enemy fight tooth and nail because he knows he's losing. Uh-huh. And he's trying to pull out all the stops so that he can keep the, he knows it's inevitable he's going to lose. But he's yeah. trying to slow the progress as much as possibly can. It's like a little kid that's three years old and you said, go to bed. And he keeps getting out of bed. So then you go to take his hand and say, come on, you're going to bed. You've been out of this bed four times and your bedtime was a half an hour ago. You're going to bed now. And that little kid throws himself on the floor while you're trying to take his hand and take him to the bedroom. He throws himself on the floor and try and makes you drag him. Because he doesn't want to go to bed. Right. And eventually, if you're a parent, you're not going to put up with that. You're going to pick him up because he's only three years old and swat his behind and take him to bed. Yeah. We're at the point where we need to swat his behind. <laughs> oh, definitely. That's where we are. And, 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 you, and you do sport. that. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying, you know, the way we squat is behind is we do that with the word. Right. You know? That's exactly right. You have to you have to use the word of God because he's not afraid of anything else. The written word of God is his defeat. Right. People standing in faith using the word of God is his defeat. Yeah. And if you're a person who's, who stands on the word of God, uses the word of God, and walks in love, his defeat is even faster. Right. That's why we're seeing so much argument and so much backbiting and so much uh, finger pointing and all the rest of it. I mean, I know that this is a, you know, you and I both know that this is a very um, difficult time that we're going through. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's easy. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. You know, I'm not and, saying it's easy. It's doable. It's not easy. It's doable. Yeah. It's not fun. <laughs> no. It's doable. And, you know, I think that. Because of the hardships that people are experiencing, you know, this is for them a lot of times just easier to lash out than it is to, you know, do what we should be doing. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of what we're seeing. And I know it's it's all scriptural, it's all biblical. We can expect we should be expecting it anyway. Um, right. But the only thing that's, that's going to change sense. anything is that is if we're standing in faith and we're we're speaking the word of God and we're we're continuing to, you know, love on people regardless. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to have a a, a position of, you know, even loving our enemies. Yeah. At this point, which is probably harder for some for probably some one of the hardest things to do at the, at right now. Because the enemy is is vicious. And very much so. Very yeah. much so. There's no compassion. 
no compassion. There's no, there's no patience. There's no kindness. Well, it's just a, it's a barrage of, of insults and, you know, attacks. Uh, yeah. Some people. Yeah. You know, physical attacks, not just physical. Actual physical attacks where people are actually being hurt. And mm-hmm. with, with, with what's going on, you know, with, from the things that are, we're seeing from the enemy, all the attacks that we're, we're under. So you're right about that. That's. Well, I mean, I heard, I think it was, it was either yesterday or the, or this morning. One of the members of Congress has been, has been swatted mm. six times now. Yeah. And the Department of Justice has done nothing. Because you know, as a sitting member of Congress, they should be they should be doing something with that. They should have a a level of protection because of what they do, because of who they are. But also in the same breath, you know, if they're doing something illegal, they should also you know not be allowed to get away with it. But when you right. when you have that scenario right. and you've been swatted six times, and they have found nothing all right. six times, then maybe there should be some kind of repercussions for the people who are reporting for making those false reports. Right. That's my against point. that individual. That's my point. Yeah. And the fact that nothing is happening should tell you who is in is. yeah, the corruption the absolute disgusting corruption. And, you know, I didn't know how bad it was even, even maybe three years ago. Yeah. I I had no idea. I didn't either. I didn't, I didn't know the the depths of the corruption. I didn't know how, how far down, how how far down it went, how deep it goes. I think it was, Mm-hmm. There was no way to know that because they hid it so well. But today, they're they're not really hiding anything. They're they just blatantly can't. doing everything out in the open. I believe it's part of it is Mark four twenty two. Yeah, to play absolutely That's spiritual law. There's nothing hid that will not be made manifest. Neither is there anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. And right. the Lord, the Lord has said in recent words, recent prophetic words. I'm not going to allow them to hide it anymore. There are things that they've hidden and there's proof of what they've hidden and they don't, the, the evil people don't know that the proof exists, but I'm now exposing it. Yeah. So this stuff is going to be, is being exposed and it's going to be continued to be exposed until it's all out in the open. Yeah. And the enemy convinces everybody if you do something in secret, nobody can see you. Nobody's going to know. You can do that. You can do that, Susie. It's okay. Nobody knows. And he'll be the very one that will make sure you get tattled on. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? <laughs> I, but it's the truth. It is the truth. I mean, it is. It, and these people, some of the people that we have in 
the higher ups that have been behind all this and then, you know, human beings that are behind it, they're convinced they're going to be part of the elect elite people that are going to be protected from all this because they're, they believe the lie that he's, he's going to be there to protect them. That's not in his nature. No. No, I think we've had this just recently. He did read that, you know, even though he's made promises to people and told them, if you will follow me and if you will worship me, you know, you will have this particular position, you know, um, right. once this is all over with, you know, and so they believe him. But that's, that's the thing. That's not going to happen. You know, they're going to be, no. you know, and burning in hell and that place of torture for the, for eternity, just like everybody else that was, right. that's, you know, down there. Right. So well, remember when all the, all the riots took place in Chaz? Oh yeah. Oh. Like what, a year and a half ago or whatever yeah, it was. Something like that. Uh, there was, there were some, there were some, some guys that were roommates with three or four of them that were roommates. And um, I think I'm pretty sure it was in, in Chaz in the, in Seattle. Seattle, yeah. Um, and they were they were in an apartment together, and they were all eating pizza and stuff. And they saw the rioters go by, and they're like, "We're on your side, we're on your side." And the and they their windows got bashed in. They threw rocks in their windows, bricks in their windows. And they said, "But we're on your side, we're on your side." They didn't care. I remember that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like with these people that what saying to Satan. We're on your side, don't you know? We're on your side. He didn't care. <laughs> does it? Does no? He doesn't a, care. No, doesn't mean a thing. Mm -mm. You were stupid enough to fall for the deception. Yeah, that's true. Ugh. There's, there's no loyalty. See, that's the thing people understand. There's no kindness. There's no goodness. There's no redemption for him. Right. He made his choice. He absolutely did. He's the only yeah, well, one. And he wouldn't. No, I was, just saying, he, I was just saying that he's the only one that there's no plan of redemption for. Right. Everybody else has the opportunity. Right. But you, it won't last much longer. Because he did. Yeah. Right. Because he knew what he did. Yeah. You know, he was not tempted to sin. He did it on his own. Right. Correct. When he, when when I was on that prayer line years ago in the eighties, every once in a while I get a call from somebody that said they did they committed the unpardonable sin, and I'd say no, you didn't. And they say, oh yeah, I did. Let me tell you what I, I said. Doesn't matter what you did. You did not commit the unpardonable sin. How do you know that? Because if you did that. You wouldn't be calling me upset that you did it. Yeah. Your conscience would be seared and you wouldn't care. Right. And that's where we're dealing with people whose consciences are seared and they don't care. Uh, yeah. That's why this has to be so dramatic final I don't know I don't know the right word intense <laughs> mm -hmm. all the above I don't know right 
<laughs> but that's why it has to be that way because there's no there's no redemption. Wow. This is some serious stuff we're headed into. It it really is. It really is. I mean, if people think they're being squeezed now, that's nothing compared to what's ahead if they don't right change their change their their direction. And there isn't a whole lot of time left yeah. to do that. That's exactly what I was, you know, getting to earlier. Yeah. Is that time is short? You know, even though, because you know, not not just because time is speeding up, but because you know we we know where we are. Uh, right, and we're, we're getting profile. very very close. Yeah, the prophetic right. profile. We're getting very very close. You know, there there will come a time, time. You know that you know you'll you'll be standing you'll be standing before the Lord and you'll oh I'm sorry I repent. He's going to say, well, it's too late. You know you had all that time on Earth. You had right. all those years. You know you had you had Miss Susie Q that came to you and said, "Please turn around," and you laughed at her. Yeah. And you had Mabel. Mabel Smith come to you and, and say, shake her cane at you and say, repent now while you have the chance. And you laughed at her. Right. And you'll, you, he'll remind you of every opportunity you had to I know. turn around. That's true. And I've been told, I mean, I've heard when people go to visit hell, that they're reminded constantly of all the times they could have not ended up there yeah do you imagine being tormented with that for all eternity mm, wouldn't want to be mm -mm, me either me either but there are some glorious times ahead for those of us who will do what the lord says and those prophetic words we keep hearing Talk about, use your words. One of the things that, that I, I forgot, I was going to say this earlier, and I forgot it, but now I came back to this. I must need to say it. I was listening to Bill Winston this morning, and he says, when you're using your faith and speaking faith words, speaking the word, you're actually changing the outcome. And he says, we need to be doing more of that, speaking the word. And changing the outcome because the outcome is going in a certain direction until you speak those faith words. Right. And that's when it changes. Yeah. See, people don't realize that they have that kind of uh, they power. Have that, they have they that dominion. Yeah. They have that dominion. They have that power. I mean, Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Technically, the book of Luke, where that is, Luke ten nineteen, is the Old Testament because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. He hadn't paid the price. Hmm. That's true. So they had the power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Turn to Luke ten nineteen in yours, please. Okay. If they had the power to, to, turn, to do that then, how much more do we have? Because this is post 
dying on the cross and going to hell and spending three days there yeah. and coming back with the keys of hell and death. That was pre all that. Yeah. So you want me to read 19, just 19? Uh-huh. Luke 10, 19, please. Okay. So it says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. I don't like it as much in yours. That's one time that I, I like mine better. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, that's why we need other. We need more than one version because sometimes you get something out of the version that you wouldn't normally get. Right. Yeah. Um, I agree. Luke, Luke ten nineteen in the King James. Behold, I give unto you um, power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Key words, all. doesn't say all the power of the enemy except it says all. Right. And then it says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. It doesn't matter what comes against you. Nothing, no matter how it comes, will hurt you. That's right. Yeah, I like your version. I like the King James version. I'm not. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, I remember John Benzini years ago. He said, I like my King James, but every once in a while I run across something in the message. He says, so my King James has a bunch of, of yellow stick. It, at that time, only posts only came in yellow. He says, I have yellow stickies all of my, and he showed his Bible, and he had different versions and yellow stickies to um, attached to the pages where he liked a different version better than the King James. Yeah. And it is okay. It really is okay to read different versions. People. It absolutely is okay. <laughs> I tell people, I, I tell people it's a good, a good thing to have the Webster's 1828 handy mm -hmm. because sometimes the, the meaning of the word has changed so much and if you keep that 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 dictionary handy then you can actually find out what it actually meant back then because yeah. it's full of it's full the 1828 is full of the uh, um, the definitions have scripture in them oh cool you didn't know that no, I've no, not ever read the 1828 dic uh, Webster's Dictionary. I you looked at a copy, on, but I didn't. On the iPhone, you can get it for free. You did know that, right? No. I didn't know that, but I know it now. Yeah. 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 He, he, because Noah Webster was a, was a man of the word. So you could get it. You could get the um, a, de a definition, and he would put in that definition. He would put the um, a scripture that went with it. Wow, cool! I like that. I am trying to find, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I'm having some challenges here, but I want to find the. Um, The Young's Literal 
There it is. It's looking for the the Bible manager. I want to check the Young's literal for the for the um, Luke ten nineteen. Ten nineteen. Yeah, the Young's. I want to check the Young's literal for that, to, just to see what it says. Is that the YLT ninety eight version on the? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah, I've got that right here. Oh, do you? Would you read uh-huh. that Luke ten nineteen in that? Yeah, it says, "Lo, I give to you the authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and on all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you." Okay, so that's pretty close to the King James. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it would be or not. Yeah, I'll, send, I'll remind me after the podcast and I'll send you the link for the for the Webster's 1828 because it comes in really, really handy. That's how that's how I learned about, you know, people say, take care. I used to say all the time with, er- with everybody that I was important to me. Well, take care, take care until I look up the word care. You notice I've never said that to you. Yeah. You know why? I do. You you told me about it before, and I can't remember the definition or the reason that you gave me, but it had something to do with the definition of care. Right. The original first definition, first, number one definition of the word care is sorrow, solicitude, depression, discouragement. So why would I tell you if I love you? To take sorrow, depression, discouragement. Why would I do that? No. <laughs> and I used to say it on every sentence. When I found that out, I it was really hard to break that habit because I used to say it to everybody. I understand that. But I, yeah, but I wasn't going to do that to people that I, you know, that I liked. Yeah. I don't even think I want to do it to my enemies because I wouldn't want that harvest to come back in on me. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, it's it's really that's the whole thing. The Urban Dictionary and the Mer- Merriam-Webster's and all that has they have changed the definition of so many words, and it's not by mm-hmm. accident. Well, no, because now people no, are using it, words. We, we've seen that a lot today. We have. Go ahead. And it's it's not an accident. It's on purpose. The enemy wants people to use words that give him access into their lives. Right. So just because the definition is changed in the dictionary doesn't mean the real definition ever left. Right. It might be listed as the tenth definition on their on their dictionary, but it's still there. Exactly. And people talk about how stupid Satan is. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I think we're going to leave it here for now. 
uh, as a reminder for those who are listening, you can go to vivianlmiller.com. There are free resources there. My heart's desire is that you walk free of the enemy's control. And that's what my books are there for, is to teach you how to walk free of the enemy's control. You, some of you would be shocked to know how much he's actually um, interacting with you on a daily basis. I don't say that to scare you. I say it because it's true. So you can go to vivianlmiller.com. There's a lot of free resources. My books are also available there. Until next time, walk by faith, walk in victory, watch your words, and defeat the darkness.